Good evening. If everyone would please come in and find a place to sit, it's time to begin our worship services of the Church of Christ that meets at Southwest. And we want to take this time to welcome visitors that you're our, our honored guest. And we would ask you, you would please fill out one of the uh, visitor's cards, the white cards in the rack in front of you there in the pew and uh, leave it for, so we can have a record of your attendance. And also, if you would, please let us know if there's any way we may be of service to you. Also, please silence your cell phones. Kathy Scott's brother, James Allen, passed away last week, and the memorial services were yesterday at Highlands, Texas, so we need to continue to remember them in our prayer. Also, please see the worship flyer for a list of our shut-ins, and a prayer list is available on the credenza in the back and also on the church website. As far as activities for the week, the 16th annual church lectures begin today and will continue through Wednesday. A schedule of speakers and topics is on the back bulletin board. Ladies' Craft and Fellowship Night will be this Thursday, November 14th at 6.30. And Congregational Game Night is coming up this Friday, November 15th. Bring your favorite games and finger foods and join us for fun and fellowship and food. Don't want to forget that. There will not be a Christian women's study tomorrow morning. Other activities that are coming up. The third Sunday Youth Day is coming up Sunday, November 17th. Our youth will be sending cards to our soldiers this month and would like to receive more addresses from the members who have friends and loved ones who are serving. Please let the office know that information. It will be passed on accordingly. Also, November 16th, the 6th through the 12th grade, will be doing yard work for a, one of our members, and they are in need of yard tools. So if you have any yard tools you can let them use, uh, please see Kevin Molinar tonight or Wednesday night. This morning, we had Bible class attendance of 147. We had 72 daily Bible readers. And our song leader tonight will be Charlie Colley. Also, just a note about the hearing devices, if you've been using those, please make sure you turn them off or they won't get charged for the next time they need to be used. And of course, the ladies' day was yesterday and it was a, a huge success and we need to thank the ladies that made that a success and a few of the men helped out too. We have a, a card from uh, Sue Shamberger. she asked to, to read it to the church. A big thank you for the cards, visits, flowers, calls, and prayers. It is such a blessing to be a part of Southwest and the blessing of such loving and caring brothers and sisters. I miss being a part in Christian. Tonight we conclude our study of the book of Luke in five words. Remember that our first word is the word salvation. Jesus came into the world to save all people. Our second word is humanity because Jesus was both God and man and Jesus spent time with people. Luke identifies or highlights for us his compassion and uh, other characteristics of our Lord as he was here in this world. 
Our third word is must, because Jesus recognized that um, Jesus recognized the authority of fulfill or the need, rather not the authority, but the need of fulfilling the Father's will. The fourth word is the word word. And uh, in that, we talk about the fact that Jesus' word is authoritative and how we respond to that word matters. Our fifth and final word to help summarize the book of Luke is the word prayer. In Luke 18 and verse number 1, we read, Then he spoke a, a parable to them that men ought always to pray and never to lose heart. Or the King James translation, men ought always to pray and to never faint. Luke has been called the evangelist of prayer. And in the book of Luke, as it pertains to our Lord, we find nine prayers of Jesus, and seven of those prayers are only found in the book of Luke, not in any of the other gospel accounts. Luke shows Jesus as one who prayed at very important times during his ministry. We'll notice that in just a few moments. And as Luke is trying to um, show Jesus as the ideal man, again, remembering that he's writing to a Greek audience, perhaps it's the case that emphasizing his prayers reminds us of his humanity but it also reminds us of the fact that Jesus was dependent upon, the, uh, dependent upon the Father. And so as we look at the prayers of Jesus in the book of Luke, there are three things that we want to notice tonight. One of them is Jesus' prayers as recorded in this book. Another thing we want to notice is what Jesus taught about prayer in this book. And then finally, we'll make some additional points of application at the end of our study. I want us to begin in Luke chapter 3 this evening as we notice the prayers of Jesus himself as recorded in the book of Luke. And I want you to notice with me what happens in Luke chapter 3, and we're going to be in verse number um, 21 and 22. And chronologically, I want us to note, of course, that we are at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. This is just before his temptation by the devil in the wilderness. And it's a, familiar, uh, it's a familiar scene because, of course, other gospel writers deal with this. But I want you to notice what Luke says about what goes on, what Jesus is doing at his baptism. And Luke is the only one of the gospel writers that mentions this. The scripture says that when all people, excuse me, when all the people were baptized, and it came, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed. The heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in you I am well pleased. Jesus is praying at the beginning of his ministry. Again, Luke is the only gospel writer, the only writer of a gospel account that points out that when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and when the Father spoke from heaven and said, you are my beloved son and I'm well pleased in you, that Jesus was praying when all of this was happening. And uh, I might ask the question, why was Jesus praying at this point? Hold that thought and we'll come back to it in a few moments. Look also, just going forward a couple of chapters, look at Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, 
around verse number 16, actually in verse number 16, just after Jesus cleanses a leper, we have a statement. And the statement is this, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. I want you to notice with me the terminology that Luke uses when he talks about how he often went, uh, he often went to pray. The idea here is that um, it's an indicator of Jesus' habit. What Luke is telling us is that Jesus was in the habit of regularly withdrawing himself from the crowds in order to go by himself and in order to pray. And I mentioned to you a moment ago that as Luke records the prayers of our Lord, one of the interesting things about it is that so many times when he mentions Jesus, is, uh, Jesus praying, it comes right before some major or important event in the ministry of our Lord. So we begin with Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Jesus is praying at the beginning of his ministry. As he's baptized by John, he recognizes that his work is now beginning. In Luke chapter 5, we see this statement about verse number six, uh, in verse number 16 about Jesus always withdrawing himself to pray. What happens in the following verses, verse 17 to 26? In the book of Luke, it is... It is um, uh, the first time that Jesus is going to come face to face, at least as Luke records, with uh, the Pharisees and with the Sadducees, he is praying before confrontation. His fame is spreading uh, in this context. As he has begun his ministry, the crowds are beginning to hear about him and pursue him and call for him. He's preparing to have a confrontation with his enemies. And Luke tells us that in the middle of all of this, his habit was to pray. What about later on in Luke chapter 6? In Luke chapter 6, we read something in verses 13 to 16 that is important it is Jesus' choosing of the 12, uh, verses 13 to 16. But what does verse 12 say? Luke 6 and verse number 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and he continued in prayer to God all night. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles, Jesus is praying all night in Luke 6, verse 12. What do you suppose one of the things was that he was praying to the Father about? Do you see a habit that's forming here? Jesus prays at the beginning of his ministry. He knows what is beginning. Jesus is in the habit of praying before confrontation. As his fame is spreading, as he does his work, he is praying. He prays before he makes the important decision of naming those 12 who would be closest to him. In Luke chapter 6, verse 13 to 16, he's praying before confrontation. He's praying at the beginning. He's praying before important choices. Can you see where there might be some helpful application along these lines? We all, have, uh, we all face the beginning of major things in our life. We all find ourselves facing confrontation of different kinds. We all find ourselves facing major decisions at different times in our lives. We follow the example of Jesus and we will pray to our Father before those things happen that we might have the wisdom and the ability to deal with them correctly. Keep going. Look at Luke chapter 9 and notice what's going on in Luke chapter 9 and verse 18 and following. 
In Luke 9 and verse number 18, here is Luke's account of the confession that Peter will make to Jesus. And Jesus has promised that he's going to build his church. Jesus asks, what are the crowds, uh, what do the crowds say that I am in verse 18? And they answered and said, John the Baptist and some Elijah and others say that uh, one of the old prophets is risen again. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ of God. But how did, how did this context begin in verse 18? And it happened as he was alone praying. Then his disciples came and asked him about all of their, joined him. And uh, he asked them, saying, who do the crowd say that I am? It begs the question, number one, what was Jesus praying about? And I'll suggest to you that we'll see the answer in a moment. But number two, what was it that the apostles saw, the disciples saw in this prayer that would move them to the point where they decided they wanted to join him and then Jesus engaged them, wanting to know what they thought and what people were saying. He's quizzing them. This is an important time in the ministry of Jesus. And we've talked about this before, how from this point forward, Jesus has his eyes set completely on Calvary and Jesus is spending more time and giving more attention to the 12 than he had in the first part of his ministry. And I would suggest to you that those are the things that Jesus most likely was praying about. And I say that because keep reading and look at what takes place in verse 27 and following. It's the occasion of the transfiguration. And as we read about the occasion of the transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse number 28, we notice this, that Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he went on the mountain for what purpose? He went on the mountain to pray. Jesus takes Peter and James and John. He goes to the mountain to pray. This is just following a few verses previous. He's been praying and the disciples see it and they join themselves. And Jesus begins to talk about how he is going to, uh, how he is going to give up his life as a ransom, how he is going to die in Luke chapter 9, verse 18 to 22. And then in Luke chapter 9, verse 28, he says, let's go pray and let's keep reading. He prayed. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. I failed to mention it when we were looking at the passages a moment ago. But yes, Luke 9, verse 18 to 22, Jesus, uh, Jesus asks uh, them those questions after they see him praying in verse 18, but keeping on in the context, verse 21 and 22, Jesus makes in the book of Luke his first announcement of his, in, uh, of his pending death, burial, and resurrection. And then the next thing that happens after telling them that they need to follow him sacrificially is he takes Peter, James, and John to the mountain. They're praying, and while praying, Jesus speaks with Moses and Elijah. And what is he speaking about? He's speaking about what's to come. He's speaking about his death. He's speaking about the events that lay ahead of him. So again, what do we see about the prayers of Jesus in the book of Luke? Most often they occur at very, very important times in his life and in his work. And that alone I would suggest to you is a lesson that, again, we all ought to take to heart. We're dealing with important things, major decisions, crises, whatever they may be. Follow the example of Jesus and pray about them at the beginning and through them and toward the end of them. And when we finish them, 
What did Jesus teach about prayer in the book of Luke? Look at Luke chapter 11. One of the longest sections on prayer from the mouth of our Lord, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And I want you to notice with me that this all begins because the disciples see him praying. They see him praying. And so one of them comes and says, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Certainly it would have been uh, something to behold, to have been able to see and to hear our Lord pray, to hear what he said and to uh, learn from him. And they said, look, teach us to pray. We want to know how to pray. We've seen you do it. Now we want to know how to do it. And so what does Jesus do? Well, in first in verses two to four, he gives them what we call the model prayer. And in this model prayer, there are basically four main points that Jesus emphasizes. And I would suggest to you that we can take all four of these main points and we can apply them to our prayers. So this is what Jesus taught them. Number one, Jesus taught in this model prayer that God's name is to be honored by all people. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is the idea of uh, sacred or the idea, again, of honoring or exalting. He's simply praying that people will honor the name of God. We can pray that. He's also praying, number two, that God's will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He prays that God's name be honored by all. He prays that God's will be done, that it be carried out. We can pray that. Look at number three. Jesus prays about or teaches them rather to pray about our physical needs. Give us this day our daily bread. That's our physical needs, the necessities of life. We pray about those things as well. And then our spiritual needs. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus, as he illustrates or teaches them how to pray, says, here are four things that you need to emphasize in your prayer. God's name being honored, God's will being done, physical needs, and spiritual needs being met. We would do well to take note of those. But then notice in verses 5 to 13, Jesus will elaborate on this teaching with a couple of examples. Really, there are two parables. One is the friend at midnight, Luke chapter uh, 11, verses 5 to 8. Jesus said, which of you having a friend, uh, which of you will have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he'll answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend yet because he is persistent. He will rise and give him as many, uh, give him as many as he needs. The key, of course, is at the end of verse number 8, because he is persistent, or because of his persistence. So what is Jesus teaching us about prayer in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 8? He's teaching us to be persistent in prayer. Remember Luke chapter 18? We'll get there in just a moment. The lesson will be be similar in Luke chapter 18. Jesus spoke a parable, verse 1 says, that taught that men ought always to pray and never to faint. Don't stop praying. Always be in the habit of prayer. Be persistent in prayer. What kind of prayer? The prayer that prays about God's name being honored by all people and his will being done and our physical and spiritual needs being met. That's a place to start. What about verses 9 to 13? 
Jesus, as he describes or gives this parable of a good father in Luke uh, 11, verse 9 to 13, says, So, notice the so, by the way, it's the connector. So, based on the last uh, four verses about persistent persistence, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open if a son asks for bread from uh, any father among you will he give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent instead of a fish or if he asks for an egg will he offer him a scorpion if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more your father in heaven Jesus asks what's the point Jesus is saying, look, I'm telling you how to pray. Follow these principles, Luke 11, 2 to 4. I'm telling you to be persistent in that prayer, Luke 11, verses 5 to 8. And I am telling you that God is a good father, a heavenly father who loves you and who desires to provide good things for you. He is the giver of all good and perfect gifts, after all, James will tell us in James chapter 1. What else does Jesus teach us about prayer in the book of Luke Now let's look at Luke chapter 18, but I want you to notice with me that before Luke chapter 18, you have Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to 37. And we're not going to take the time to study through that section, but I want you to note, uh, make note of the fact that it deals with coming judgment. And I want you to note with me that in verse number one, or verse number one of chapter 18, the very first word is what? Then. There's a conjunction here. There's a connection between the end of 17 and the beginning of 18. And so in Luke 18, verse 1 and following, we have again another parable. It's the parable of the unjust judge in Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. And it's similar to what we saw about persistence in Luke 11, verses 5 to 8, where Jesus talks about a widow who comes to the judge over and over and over again and basically asks him, to do his job, and he won't, and he won't, and he finally gives in because she's persistent, and she won't stop coming to him. And Jesus will make the application by saying, listen, we have a God who loves us, and uh, if this unjust judge is willing to finally do his job and give her what she needs through her persistence, how much more God who actually loves us and, and wants to help us and answer our prayer... That's the idea, but you have to keep it in mind of the previous section in Luke chapter 17, persistent prayer in light of coming judgment, persistent prayer in light of the fact for you and I then, the fact that the Lord is going to return at some point, and when he returns, we're going to stand before him in judgment. Later in this chapter, in fact, the next section, Luke 18, verses 9 to 14, we learn something else about prayer. This is the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. And there are two main points that are emphasized in this parable. One of them is a proper attitude, and the other is humility. There needs to be a proper attitude in prayer, and there also needs to be humility in prayer. And we keep, again, those things in mind in light of the end of chapter 17. Judgment is coming, so pray persistently and pray with the right attitude, and pray with humility. Luke 18, verses 1 to 8, and 9 to 14. Jesus teaches us a number of other things, by the way, in the book of Luke as it pertains to prayer. In Luke 6, and verse number 28, he teaches us that we are to pray for our enemies. In Luke 22, verses 31 and 32, Jesus tells Peter, I've prayed for you 
The devil desires to have you that, so he can uh, sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith fail not, and when you are strengthened, then you strengthen your brethren. Let's wrap this up and make a few final observations about prayer from the book of Luke. Notice as you study through this book that all of the recorded prayers of Jesus in Luke begin with an address to the Father. I think that's significant. Notice also in this book that there are prayers of thanksgiving and praise. Luke chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. Luke 10, verses 21 and 22, just as a couple of examples. The Bible teaches us in the book of Luke that when we pray to God, we ought to be thanking him and we ought to be praising him and exalting him and speaking well of him in our prayers. Also, this book teaches us that there are, or this book rather records prayers of intercession. Luke 10, verse 1 and 2. Luke 22, verse 31 and 34. Praying for other people. Praying on behalf of other people. Another thing that this book highlights is urgency in prayer. Luke 11, verse 9 to 13. Again, Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. We ought to be urgent and fervent in our prayer, not dragging our feet not uh, putting it off till the last minute, not making it the final uh, priority, the final thing in a list of ways to approach a problem, but the first, the beginning, there needs to be urgency. Let's conclude by looking at Luke 22. Of course, the most well-known, remarkable prayer of our Lord, really what is the Lord's prayer, Luke records it for us in Luke 22, beginning in verse number 39. As Jesus goes out to the Mount of Olives, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. He's going to be arrested and beaten and tried and crucified in just a matter of time. And Jesus says in his prayer, verse number 42, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down from, uh, to the ground, and then he arose from prayer. The Hebrews writer, by the way, will comment on this in Hebrews chapter 5 when he talks about our Lord in great cry, loud prayers, if you will. Jesus obviously was in distress during all of this, but notice a couple of things. Notice, first of all, that the fact that he was in distress and in distress maintained his habit, which was what? Praying to God at a time of great importance. Luke, again, emphasizes that for us in this book. It's an important time. It's a major time. Jesus is praying always through the book of Luke. But that's not by accident. And for us, it won't be by accident either. It's only going to be if that's a habit that we develop. But even in distress, notice this. What is Jesus most interested in in Luke, uh, in Luke 22, 42? Jesus is most interested in the will of God. Let your will be done, he says, Luke 22, verse 42. Let this cup pass from me if it's possible. Nevertheless, not my will but yours. We might just say that Jesus was selfless in his prayer, not selfish. What about my prayer? What about your prayer? Are my prayers, our prayers, governed by the will of God? Is there urgency in our prayer? Are we interceding for other people? Are we addressing our Father? Are we giving him thanks and praise in our prayer? Are we praying as we face important moments and important times in our lives? 
Are we following the example of Jesus as he prays, listening to his teaching, his, his instruction about prayer? There's a, much to be gleaned about prayer from the book of Luke. That's the end of our study. So now we have Matthew, five words. Let's see if I can remember them. Fulfillment, king, kingdom, authority, and teaching. We have Mark, five words. Immediately, son, servant, power, discipleship. Now we have Luke, salvation, humanity, must, word, and prayer. What do you suppose we'll talk about about this time next year for five Sunday nights? That's right, John in five words. Uh, be sure that you're here, all right? I want you to look forward to that. Nobody miss it. I hope that this study has been helpful to you as it has been for me, and I hope that um, it will help you in your uh, desire to, uh, your, to grow and to be a stronger Christian, but also generally just in your knowledge of God's Word and these particular books of the Bible. We're going to offer the Lord's invitation tonight, and it may be that there's someone here that has need to respond, perhaps to become a child of God. We stand ready and willing to assist you in doing that. Maybe tonight you're a Christian, and you have some need that the church can help you with, perhaps to encourage you, to strengthen you, to pray for you and with you. Whatever your need is, come forward and let it be known while we stand and sing together.